Salam guys, I'm Mohsin. Welcome to this episode of Millionaire Muslim. Before we get into this episode, we just wanted to spend a few seconds telling you about Islamic Finance Guru or IFG for short. Mohsin and I co-founded IFG in 2015 because we couldn't find content about personal finance and Islamic finance for Muslims like you and I. Nowadays, alhamdulillah, we reach an audience of hundreds of thousands and our goal is to keep providing great content to help you guys. So if you're looking for halal investments and Islamic mortgages or startup funding, check us out at islamicfinanceguru.com. And if you want to get in touch with us directly, you can get me on mohsin at islamicfinanceguru.com and you can get Ibrahim on ibrahim at islamicfinanceguru.com. Enjoy the episode. At IFG, we really value someone trying to run a halal business without dealing in riba. And we love it when Muslims bring something innovative to the table. And that's why we support Shropshire Hills-based Euro Quality Lamb, the largest Muslim-owned lamb abattoir in Europe. And I've actually been there and they're doing something genuinely impressive. And it has infused within it the Muslim ethos. What's special about Euro Quality is that out of the 15,000 lambs they process every week, they only select a handful of the best breeds of grass-fed lamb for their home delivery service. The meat is cut how you want it, English cuts, desi cuts, barbecue style. You just don't find this stuff at your local butchers. So order online at eurocualitylambs.co.uk forward slash shop and reference Islamic Finance Guru to get yourself a free masala marinade worth £4.50 and a YouTube recipe hijri calendar worth £5. Terms and conditions apply. For those of you who've seen the news over the last few days, you'll have heard of the coronavirus. The coronavirus is this virus in the line of the SARS virus and others where it strikes out of the blue and it can kill people. And it can lie dormant within you with few symptoms, but then you pass it on and someone else gets it and they could die. And we've had, I think, 26 confirmed deaths globally due to this virus and it's found in China, and people are very concerned about it spreading. And I know for myself, I speak for myself, when I saw the news, and when you hear the news about you know, a virus like this, you click on it to make sure that you know, it's not going to affect East London or Central London, because if it's going to affect us, then we need to be really concerned. We always click on it to find out what's going to happen. And it could well travel across to Europe and London. And it got me thinking, it got me thinking about how fleeting life is and how those 26 people who died, they probably had not planned to die in this way. They probably hadn't thought that they would be struck down by this virus and overnight they would die. And, you know, life throws up these kind of things to us regularly. I was actually watching a film recently. It was all about a terminally ill patient and how he finds in the opening scenes that he's got six months to live and his response to that. That can happen to us. That can happen to many of us. And actually, you know, even statistically speaking, in a room this large, a number of us will die well before the average due to cancer or various other reasons, particularly, you know, given our background as an ethnic minority with diabetes and heart disease, etc. But I won't go into that. The point I'm making is that life is a gift. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he describes it as a mercy, as a breeze, as a merciful breeze that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us, this chance, this fursa that we have to do something. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, he can take it away from us. There's a very famous hadith about how you should 
take advantage of five before five. You should take advantage of your health before you become sick. You should take advantage of your wealth before you become poor, your time before you become busy. You should take advantage of your life before you pass away. And then finally, you should take advantage of your health before you become ill as well, and your youth before you become old. So those are the five things. The question really for today's khutbah is one thing, and that is, are we taking advantage of our life? Are we taking advantage of these things? Are we taking advantage of these precious moments that we have, that the people who died, you know, the 26 people who died, would give anything for to have again? Are we taking advantage of that life that if you had six months to live, you know, you would think about life in a different way? Are you living like that? Are we all living like that? So that's the first thing that I want us to start thinking about. The second is, it's all well and good thinking that we should take advantage of our life. We should make something of ourselves. We should do something useful. But then, how exactly should we approach that? What is the Islamic philosophy? What does Islam say about how we approach that? Well, there's a few principles that I want to throw out there for us to reflect on when we start engaging with this question of we need to take advantage of our time, we need to take advantage of our life, how are we going to do that? Here's the one Allah SWT is describing that created life and He created death to test us. Which of us are better in our actions? Which of us are going to live up to the standard that Allah SWT has set for us? Which of us is when there's a time of hardship or a time of ease is going to realize that that is a test. Suleiman salam, when he had the powers with the jinn to be able to bring the arsh of Queen Sheba in front of him within the blink of an eye, the response of Suleiman salam is remarkable. When he saw this throne in front of him, instantaneously his response was, this is from the bounty of my Lord. And why has Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala given me this? to test me if I am going to be grateful or if I am going to be ungrateful or do kufr. So Sulaiman even in a time of plenty, he understood that this is a life and death uh, struggle that we're in. This is the crux of the matter. We are in a test. How do we respond to that? Even the good things and the bad things, they are all a test. They're all a way for us to get to Jannah. They're all a way of, you know, for the mathematicians amongst you, they're a way for us to maximize that certain metric that you've set. If any of you are in the startup world, you know, you want to maximize revenue or you want to maximize people coming onto your website or, you know, traffic through your doors, you've got a certain metric and you want to maximize this. Well, the maximizing principle in Islam is this. You are in a test and are you thinking about this test in the right way? Are you going to respond with shukr? Are you going to respond with kufr? And then I wanted to check out another principle. And this is from a hadith of Ibn Majah, where Rasulullah describes how the world, you know, if a person makes the world his be all and end all, and that's his focus, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he doesn't give that to him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he will give him what was decreed to him. But if someone is aiming, and I think particularly for Muslims, if they're aiming for the world, 
then they may or may not get it. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Prophet he says that if someone is aiming for the akhirah, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take care of his affairs in this dunya. And the world will come to him even though he might even not want it. And the world will come to him. This is famously said about Umar anhu. This is what used to happen to him as well. So we want to be in that boat. So, you know, what's the principle that we can derive there? Well, I was thinking about when I was a young driver and not very good. And my mom was quite scared of sitting in the car with me. And whenever I was concentrating when I was driving, I actually found that I drove worse. And, you know, when you're kind of on autopilot, you sometimes drive better, at least as a young driver. Now I need to kind of, you know, concentrate. And the same goes with, you know, for example, if you're counting coins up to 100 and you're kind of doing it mindlessly, you find it easier. But then suddenly when you start focusing on what you're doing, it becomes harder. And there's many other tasks like this that require muscle memory to kick in. For example, I saw a video of Kevin Peterson hitting sixes. So I'm not sure if this is how authentic it is, but he put on a blindfold and he was in front of a bowling machine. And apologies if you don't like cricket, but I do. And he was in front of a bowling machine and it chucks down this ball in front of him. And with a blindfold on, he just does his usual thing, takes a step and swings. And he was hitting it every time. It was just muscle memory. He's used to the sound. He knows how, it's, how long it's going to take. And he was just doing it without thinking, without any real cognition going on. He was just doing it as it was natural to him. And so the point I'm driving at here is that if we set our sights on the akhirah, the dunya will happen. The dunya will, out of the corner of our eye, we will be smashing it in the dunya. But if we make the focus the dunya, then that's when we're going to run into trouble. So, so far we've talked about how Life is very fleeting and we need to take advantage of it. And we've talked about how we need to be focusing on the akhirah in order to be able to really be successful at life. And we've talked about how everything in life is a test. So we've talked about two principles in thinking about what we're going to do with our life. But now practically, what are the kind of things that then we should be thinking about in terms of you know, practically uh, taking advantage of our, of our life? Well, there's a few things. I've come up with three. The first thing is that we need to put the long term over the short term. And this is not just an Islamic principle. This is a human principle. If you think about the great inspirational videos that you might see on YouTube or inspirational stories, it always starts with a story of someone who is going through some hard knocks, but he's kind of living with it and he struggles through, you've got some rocky music going on, and he's struggling through, he's in the gym, and you know, he's putting in the hard yards. And then at the end, he comes out, and he's put the long term over the short term. Other people might not have been in the gym, other people might not have been doing what he was doing, but ultimately, he was successful. And we intuitively, as a human being, we understand that that is something really valuable. There is real value as human beings if we just take that simple principle of putting the long term over the short term. And that's really applicable to all of our lives. All of us have a to-do list. And all of us have that really useful, valuable, interesting, important project on that list. 
but we've never got to it because we're always firefighting at the top. We're always dealing with problems that come up before that, before we can get to that thing. But if we just got to that thing, that would possibly, if we devote a bit of time to it, get rid of all the other firefighting that we're doing. It's that thing that if you look back over two, three, four years, if you look back in your own life, there might be those things that you have done historically and just plugged away at them, consistently stuck at it, you know, there's no real spotlight on you or that thing as part of your life, but you've just stuck at it. And over the years you find that that is the thing that holds the secret. That is the thing that has meant that you're really successful. Islam is all about that. We have got the long term, we have got the akhirah, and we've got the short term, which is our nafs. We have got that choice of waking up for fajr or going to sleep. It's a long term versus a short term. We have got that choice of giving charity, giving zakat, giving sadaqah. In the short term, it hurts, but in the long term, there's benefit. And it's not just in these acts of ibadah, that's really vivid, but Islam is something that goes beyond just acts of ibadah. And we all have ideas in our head about how we can benefit Muslims, how we can benefit our families, how we can benefit the ummah, but we haven't done them yet. We haven't acted on that. And my encouragement to all of us today is take today as that day where you start acting, acting upon that. Take today as that day when you take that first step and say that I'm just going to consistently do that one thing for five, ten minutes every day. There's other principles that I think we can use. So for example, on the evenings, most evenings we might uh, relax with the family, have dinner, watch something on TV or whatever, uh, maybe go out on some days, but maybe make one, possibly two or more evenings where you're focusing on that thing that's going to really move the needle in the long term. Perhaps don't sleep in on the weekends, uh, on some weekends. Use that time. Don't keep on putting off that project. Think about doing the hajjud, waking up in the middle of the night, because there's nothing more focusing to the mind than doing the hajjud and putting in that extra effort to wake up in the middle of the night and to show to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that this is how serious I am about my akhirah. So that's the first principle. Put the long term over the short term. The second thing is do something that moves the needle for the Muslim Ummah, but for humanity as well. You know, we are kajasadin wahid. We are like one body, as a hadith goes. That that if a part of a body starts aching, the whole body aches because of that one piece that's hurt. So we need to think about ourselves as part of something, as part of the ummah. So when it comes to maximizing X thing, then that is the thing that we should be considering in that calculation. Are we moving the needle for the ummah? But it's not just about the ummah. Are we moving the needle for humanity? The best of people is the one who benefits mankind. Are we people who are adding real value to this world that if we were to depart, that value would be missed? If we're not, then we should strive to be those people. I mean, all of us use Google, right? That is something that is valuable. And that's not something that's religious, but that is something that is valuable. And if a Muslim was doing something like, you know, Google, that with the right intention is a powerful testimony 
for his long term as well. And there's a whole range of things that we can think about. You know, Muslims, where are Muslims struggling? Finance, politics, media, overrepresentation in prison, academia, there's a lack of Muslims, research. There's a whole gamut of things that we can work on. Spirituality, you know, there's a rise of people who are leaving the religion who don't really have an understanding of where Islam fits in vis-a-vis their life in the 21st century. There's a whole range of things that there are lots of problems that we can start tackling. And then the final thing that I want us to leave with, the final principle of the three principles of what we should be doing, the first is put the long term over the short term, the second is move the needle for the ummah, the third thing is don't do something that's good, do something that's best or better, do something that maximizes your potential, don't just give charity, think about, hang on, the same time that I'm going to give to giving this charity or this money that I'm going to put into this charity, what are we actually trying to achieve here? What is this charity trying to do? What am I trying to ultimately bring about the result in? And if it is whatever that thing is, think, well, hang on, can I use this money or this time or these resources to really, really address that problem? And if that's something that's going to take a long time to do, great, because that's a long time over the short term and we like that. So that's something that we really need to think about. Don't do something that's in front of you that's good. I'm not saying don't do good if it's easy. Do lots of that, but have a bit of thought to it as well. Don't just do it mindlessly, because sometimes we fall into this trap of doing good because really it makes us feel good. And that's not what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is asking us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not asking us to do stuff you know, just so that we feel good about it. Allah is asking us to do things that are good because we want His pleasure. And if we want His pleasure, then we should think about how do we maximize that pleasure? And then that leads to a different set of thinking, inshallah. I pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He guides us to the straight path. He takes the maximal benefit that we can bring to this ummah from us. He brings us to the straight path and makes us stick to it. If you got this far, you must have enjoyed the podcast, which means you'll definitely love our other episodes and other content we produce as well, inshallah. Be sure to check out the website, islamicfinanceguru.com, as well as our YouTube channel and social media. Until next time, assalamu alaikum.